we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for April 2nd, 2017. And uh, today we're going to be going over kind of a normal study. We're going to be going over a lot of different breaking current events uh, that have happened since the last time uh, that we met a couple weeks ago here. And just going to start out with some Bible verses for today. Uh, Psalm 103, verse 8, going all the way through verse 18. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And I mean, when you get saved, that's, for, for me, I know that that was a, it's an overwhelming thing that's always kind of at the forefront of my mind. Um, you know, if I got what I deserved, I get death and hell, that type of mentality, um, which is, you know, an attribute of thankfulness. And it's always important to be thankful to the Lord. So he hath not dealt with us according after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. And again, as I've stated a lot of times, the fear of the Lord is probably connected with more blessings than just about any other thing in the Bible that I could isolate. When you look at Proverbs and, and Psalms and, you know, every everywhere in the Bible, it's connected with a lot of amazing things. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. The angel of the Lord campeth around about him that fear him and delivereth them. So there's a lot of <clears throat> things that the fear of the Lord is connected with. <clears throat> and the opposite of the fear of the Lord is, well, in a way, I guess it's the fear of man, but it's also pride, I believe, because humility is connected integrally with the fear of the Lord as well. So you have humility and fear of the Lord at one end of the spectrum and pride and fear of man at the other end, uh, to a certain extent. <clears throat> anyway, let's go further here. And um, Okay, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, through his shed blood, through his death, burial, and resurrection. Um, and I get into all that in the True Salvation teaching at the top of the contendingfortruth.com website. There's a tab there. And you click on that and it, it leads you, if you're not saved, if you don't understand what we're talking about here from a biblical standpoint, you click on that tab and it walks you right through it. And what it does is it takes you through salvation but it also takes you through what happens after that you know a, a progression of like overcoming and well baptism and things like of that nature i get into i have separate studies which get into all this stuff in detail but this is just more of a cursory thing uh today here <clears throat> so and then it says like as a father pitieth his children so the lord pitieth them that fear him so if you want God's pity on you, and I know I sure do, <laughs> then the fear of the Lord is a prerequisite. In, 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 if you fear God, what is that? You're humbling yourself before God. If you get on your knees and you, and you humble yourself as a little child before God, which is a prerequisite kind of for salvation, because Jesus said if you, if you don't humble yourself as a little child, you will not enter into the kingdom of God, essentially. Um. You don't get, in other words, you don't come to God and get saved in pride. Like, oh, okay, I'll do you the favor, God, and I'll, I'll accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And, and I'll do, you know what I mean? It, it's not like that. <laughs> okay, so you have to, 
You have to humble yourself. You have to admit your lost state. You have to admit, you know, that you cannot save yourself. Because a lot of people believe that just living a, a good life is a good person, this or that, and that's their own mind. But the Bible says that all our righteousness are as filthy rags, apart from, apart from God. His standards are totally different than ours. We might have a certain standard that say, well, I'm a pretty righteous person. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot better than that guy, that mass murderer, that serial killer. I'm going, to, I'm going to go to heaven or Nirvana or paradise or wherever they think they might be going. I'm really good at, um, I'm in this particular religion, all the isms, all the works-based religions, Catholicism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Zoroastrianism, whatever. I'm doing all of its tenets. Therefore, I'm working my way to wherever I'm trying to get to. Again, whether that's heaven, Nirvana, whatever. And therefore, I'm going to heaven, whereas... What the Bible says is you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, works will follow once you're saved and converted. But are you trusting in those works in order to pay your admission into heaven? That's the difference. Or are you trusting in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, that he paid your sin debt, that he atoned for that on the cross? That's the difference here, okay? And if you trust in that, then it's not your own works. But good works will obviously follow once you're, once you're saved, and, and, and that's evidence of salvation. But it's not what you're trusting in. Those works would be based uh, later on at the judgment seat of Christ on your rewards. Like he said, we're going to try all of our works at the judgment seat of Christ for, for a born-again Christian. And they're going to try them, and either they're going to be wood, hair, stubble, or precious stones and, and silver, gold, and these types of things. The precious stones, the silver, and the gold will not be burned up, but purified at the judgment seat of Christ through that fire that's talked about. But then it goes on to say, some will be saved, yet so is by fire. So they are the ones that had wood, hair, stubble. Maybe they were doing their works, even though they were saved, maybe to be seen. Maybe they had hidden agendas. Maybe they were, you know, I don't know, I don't want to judge, but... Those types of works will be burned up, but yet they will be saved, yet so is by fire. So that's not the preferable way um, things could go at the judgment seat of Christ. <laughs> but but it, it's probably going to be a prevalent way, I would think. Um, again, I don't want to judge, though, on that. Uh, so And then it goes on to say, For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust, for as man his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. Meaning like we spring up like grass, we have that time uh, in our life where we're, we're young and, and, you know, a lot of times we have um, a lot of things, you know, maybe beauty, maybe we have a lot of vitality, things of this nature, but, um, and they flourish, just like grass or the flower of a field. For the wind passeth over it, passeth over it and it is gone and the place thereof shall be shall know, know of it no more so those flowers and that grass that were once springing up and flourishing are gone and that's how a man's life is or a woman's life is you know but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him so there we have go with that concept again now if you don't if you're like I, I don't have any fear of God at all well you need to pray for it because it's there's so many blessings connected with it, and without any fear of God, um, <clears throat> it's very very easy to let sin enter into your life as a Christian. If 
you have no fear of God. I have no fear of retribution. Okay, well, are you like living like the devil essentially and no conscience about it at all? Yeah, but I'm still saved. But yeah, but that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, of whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. So if you can just live your life as a supposed born-again Christian any way you want and have no consciousness of sin and then sin and have no repercussions seemingly, like you're not under the chastisement of God, then you're not saved. Because God's going to chasten you. He's going to spank his own, essentially. That's what that means. So that person would need to get saved. And then you never want to get to the point where your conscience has been seared with a hot iron, like the Bible talks about. Or being turned over to a reprobate mind, like the Bible talks about in Romans 1. Because from, those, from that state, if your conscience has been seared with a hot iron, or if you've been turned over to a reprobate mind, there's not a whole lot going back for that. People, somebody that's had that opportunity to be saved and then rejected the Holy Spirit over and over and over again, and now there's just no conviction at all whatsoever. There's been a lot of people in their deathbed, more so in times past before the modern day advent of drugs, where on like deathbed testimonies you'll, you'll hear a lot. And the minister will be up there trying to lead them to the Lord on their deathbed. And they're like, almost like basically I want to get saved, but I cannot do it. The Holy Spirit isn't here to draw me anymore. The Holy Spirit isn't here to offer me that salvation that I had that opportunity over and over again in the past. And that was a very common thing in deathbed uh, types of things with unsafe people. So that's something to definitely uh, think about as well. Okay, so, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto his children's children, to such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. Now, the Hebrew roots people will take this and say, you've got to keep all the Old Testament stuff and the New Testament, and you got you better do it right, and you better not do anything on the Sabbath, and you better um, never go to church on Sunday, and you better have do all the stuff with all the ceremonial stuff with the Jewish stuff with your beard, and you better plow your field a certain way, and you better not put like a oxen and a another animal on the same yoke. I mean, you you could go on and on and on about all the ceremonial Levitical laws in the Old Testament. Now I've done. Tons of studies on this in times past. Just key in Hebrew roots on the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. If you want to know about the Sabbath versus Sunday, just key in either Sabbath or Sunday. If you want to know about the hexagram, if you think that's a godly symbol, key that in. Uh, it's not. <laughs> six-pointed star. Six is, um, you can literally break that down to a 666. It's one of the most wicked signs in witchcraft. Um... It's literally what they will cast on the floor. One of the things they'll cast on the floor, which will to summon a demon from another plane. A hex is a curse. I could go on and on and on about the hexagram alone. So there's a lot of people that are bound up in <clears throat> like Hebrew roots and a lot of other offshoots of pseudo-Christianity where they're, they're doing this and they're doing that and they're trying to keep all of these different laws in order to make sure they're saved. And again, what are you trusting in? So I get into all that also in that salvation teaching. The Bible says in Galatians 3.21, For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Okay? 
So the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, is what the is what the Bible talks about. Okay, but um, Jesus is is the mediator of a better covenant. The Bible says, and and through His blood, through His death, burial, and resurrection. Okay, He is He is the end of the law. The Bible talks about Jesus Christ. So you go through Jesus Christ. Now in in the in the New Testament. Galatians 2.21, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Okay, now that doesn't mean that everything in the law is horrible. That's obviously, it doesn't mean that. Okay, and and um, again, I get into this in the studies that I, I, I talked about earlier. It's too vast of a subject for me. I didn't even really, when he, I looked at these verses, I'm like, oh, this is, can open a, such a can of worms that I've covered in the past, but it takes whole studies to cover these things in depth, and that's why I gave you that info. It's just to do keyword searches at contendingfortruth.com. Um, Colossians, <clears throat> uh, let's see, verses 21 through 23. I'm not sure what chapter, I messed that one up. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of the flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight if you continue in the faith grounded and settled. Continuing in the faith of Jesus Christ. The, Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Everybody always, I mean, even in, even in the, the secular world, I hear it all the time, the truth shall make you free. No, you're only giving a small portion of that verse. You're not even including the verse ahead of it. So Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So it's predicated upon a follower of Christ continuing in the word, and then ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This, this isn't something that's applicable to unsaved people that don't want anything to do with God. So that's very important to understand that. <clears throat> um, so if you continue in the faith grounded and settled and not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard. And I think when we see one of the things, I think the main thing that is going to move away people away from the hope of the gospel is what the Bible talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, okay, where it says, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Okay, that's the strong delusion that I believe is is here but is coming and i think the backbone of the strong delusion i can see a no greater one on the horizon than this whole alien agenda and this is why i've done so many teachings on it and and the churches for the most part just stay away from the subject they'll demonize people will demonize me for even mentioning it or, or bringing it up and, and oh you know whatever tinfoil hat wear i'm not saying that that I bind to the whole alien narrative. I'm saying that as it was in the days of Noah, though, as Jesus talked about, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was going on in Noah's day if you took a news crew back? Well, the sons of God saw their daughters of men that they were fair. They took them wives all that they chose, and they bore them giants, translated from the Hebrew word Nephilim, which are the fallen ones, okay? Well, isn't that what we should be looking for then in today's day and age before the return of Christ? Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Nope, those were godly sons of Seth that bred with, with um, the wicked daughters of Cain and they bore them giants. Oh, really? We're, that's a real stretch, I'll tell you. You've got to really 
you got you got a really tremendous imagination of scripture in order to get that out of scripture. And the giants are talked about all throughout the Old Testament. I mean, it's not like that was the only place that ever talked about them. It's talked about over and over. What did they encounter when they went into the promised land? Giant, giant tribes and occupied cities over and over. They had to keep dealing with all these giant clans that were pre-positioned ahead of time into the promised land because Satan knew God's plan and he wanted to frustrate the, the Israelites in in. in uh, I think that was why they were there. I also think it was to demonstrate God's uh, glory and, and to, for him to be glorified because there's no way that the Israelites, I believe, as, as a nation could have defeated the giants apart from the Lord. There's no way. They couldn't have went in there and, and wiped out giant cities full of giants one after another after another apart from God. There's no way. They would have got crushed, yet they did it over and over and over again. What did that do? It glorified God. Probably made them fear God more, because they realized who their true deliverer was. Probably built up their faith a whole lot, too. Did a lot of things for the people that were actually engaged in the battles. So, I mean, giants have been mentioned all over. But in today's day and age, it's a different agenda. I'm not saying we're not going to see giants. But this whole alien agenda thing is part of that. And the whole fixation on the breeding pro well, what was the sons of God and the daughters of men about? That was about corrupting the seed of mankind. What is the whole alien agenda thing about? Well, the primary crux of it that I can see is alien abduction, up to which 3% of the population have said that's happened to them. And what's turning up with why are they so fixated on the reproductive aspects of the women and the men? And why do they seem to be doing so much experimentation of them? I'm telling you. I see that as the is the great is the great coming, uh, a at least one gigantic tenant of the coming delusion. It may not be. I'm sure it's not going to be the only thing, but it's going to be a big one. So it is going to be very very hard unless you're really really rooted in the Word of God, and understanding of like what I'm kind of talking about here today with this false alien quote alien agenda. It's going to be very hard to continue in the faith grounded and settled and not be moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard because they're going to be coming with another gospel I just heard this the other day again and i've heard this over and over again I'll, i'm gonna next one i do I'll, I'll play it and it's on so much of the time you know what they fixate on when you get abducted on on the ones that remember oh it's funny i got taken into this room and i got shown this thing where where it was like this supposed thing of like the cross and how jesus was never crucified and that and that how the aliens gave us their version of what happened at the cross and that you're not to be you know the bible's not true and that the jesus wasn't who he said he was and he's actually one of us and he's actually just an ascended master a lower one and so look at what you're putting your faith in don't put your faith in that because it's all it's all based on a lie why aren't they showing uh like uh films of buddha that Buddha never really was who he said he was, or Krishna, or whoever, or, or um, Muhammad. Why aren't they showing pictures of that? They don't care about those religions. They've already got them. Those are already under Satan's rule. Those are part of Satan's tools to deceive and to get people into hell. The only, the only one they care about is Bible-believing Christianity, which is more proof that it's true when Satan is so fixated on it. You know, and then Matthew seven twelve, the golden rule, essentially, 
Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Okay, so again, I covered this, I believe, in the overcoming teaching. I go into depth, real, I mean, it's all Bible. It's all Bible that I'm going into here. So, it's just a cursory little look we took here. So, anyway, um, let's go ahead and just get right into the study for today. And the first report is entitled, General Mattis says North Korea must be stopped. After years of North Korea thumbing its nose at the international community, on Friday, uh, Defense Secretary James Mattis appeared to signal enough was enough. Right now, North Korea appears to be going in a very reckless manner. And that, is, that has to be stopped, Mattis said at a press conference in London. He didn't give any details about how the administration of, of President Donald Trump plans to deal with the, with the reclusive nation, which, under King, Kim Jong-un, has drastically increased its missile and nuclear testing program. But Mattis' remarks continue a recent trend of Trump's officials taking a harder line on North Korea. He also said that the military action was, quote, on the table. Now, more came out about this today, and I'm going to get into that a, a little bit later, but I wanted to touch on the subject of North Korea today. Because um, a lot of people view them, oh, they're just a joke or whatever, but they actually, I do believe, are going to play a big part in the starting of World War III. And it's not because it's a theory, it's because I really believe the Illuminati is going to deem it that way. Okay? And, and this is what we're kind of going to kind of be looking at here. There's just a lot of stuff ratcheting up about North Korea as of late. And it keeps, you know, it, it'll rear its ugly head. He'll, he'll keep his mouth shut for a few months and then he'll go start up and say, we're going to wipe America off the, off the map and all this other stuff. There's no other country on the planet that does this regarding America. There's, there's none. There's none that I know of and none that's so vocal. So, but what is the actual real agenda here and that's what we're going to be looking at here next report and this is just kind of like rapid fire north korea threatens to wipe out the whole of america after hydrogen bomb launch a statement from north korea media revealed scientists are in high spirits following the first h-bomb test washington and pyongyang have been driven to the brink of war after the secretive state conducted the test before declaring it is on the verge of war with south korea just days later and again, these are just all things that have been breaking as of late. Now, here's a here's a little interview regarding this uh, North Korea Paul Martin interview. And let's just go ahead and listen to what uh, their take is on this. Paul's information, which I fully do not know the entire 100% scope of what he's going to present here, but I've got a good idea. It's very much what I've heard in different forms in the last two days. And Paul, before I bring you on, I just want to let the listening audience know that I have been hacked, attacked, and I know that this is designed to try to keep me inoperable. The uh, website, thecommonsenseshow.com, has been infested with robots on the back end. They call them bots, but they're not your typical hacker bots. They're bots designed to completely download every nuance on this site because somebody wants to know what I know. And this is what I've been told by my experts who monitor and take care of this site. 
It's also, if you've experienced slow loading on the CommonSenseShow.com, this is why. Because these VODs have reduced our traffic by about 50%. Also, I've been interfered with on YouTube to a tremendous degree. I've not been demonetized. No action has been taken against me by YouTube. But somebody is taking action in my YouTube, and I don't suspect it's YouTube. Do not think they have any have anything to do with this, and I did not think that until this morning. So there's a massive cover-up going on right now with many of us with regard to our communications because they are trying to basically, some people are trying to find out what we know, and they're trying to prevent us from disseminating what we know. And so I can't promise that this interview will go off unhitched. As many of you know, we have been tampered with with noises, satanic music, people being paged, women screaming in the background. Many of you have heard it. You've all heard it right here. This is very, very serious, and I'm telling you, I'm giving this the highest priority. But anyway, Paul Martin is here. Yeah, and I will have to confirm that uh, so many of his interviews as of late, you know, you get on there and it's like, <laughs> it reminds you of like him doing a broadcast in like a busy kitchen, you know, where people are like slamming stuff in the background and slamming drawers and you hear like silverware moving and people talking and it's like, what is going on? And a lot of times it's interview after interview after interview that this is happening. It's pretty maddening, actually. Uh, I'm not 100%. It's probably going to happen in this one. I don't, I don't know. I've, I, I haven't really you know, kept track of it. But if it does, I apologize. But it's more the content I'm trying to get out. Uh, he is purposely not going to mention by name some sources who would probably be known to most of you. Certainly are known to me. Because he's afraid of compromising them and possibly putting them in more jeopardy than they're already in. So, Paul, I'm glad you're here. Let's get right down to it. You've got a source that you call the East Coast source, which I happen to know a little bit about. It's a high-placed source, active, and never wrong. Let's go with what you know. Uh, well, it was... Uh, uh day before you landed back in the, in the States and uh, uh, got a call, and uh, the government is very, very um, attentive to what's going on in North Korea, and they are somewhat preparing for a strike on the continental United States. I uh, had called a, a good friend of ours who you know, and, and uh, Steve Quell knows. He's, uh, you know, he, he he's very good. And uh, so I called him, and 24 hours later he called me back, and he said, this is from my best Air Force source. He said they are targeting Seattle and Los Angeles. Who would Whether be, they Paul, get, who would be, let me interrupt you, who would be they? North Korea. Okay. Uh, whether they can get these up and across the pond, I have no idea. I mean, we've got a lot of uh, space-based weapons. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we've got, you know, we've got Chinese subs and Russian subs on both coasts. You know, they popped up outside of Houston last year. A, a Chinese sub did, you know, waved, hi, we're here. Uh, so... But for this level of um, information from my East Coast source, 
they're very, very concerned about a strike on the continent of the United States. And uh, the source that you and I both know uh, got it directly from his best Air Force contact that that they have targeted um, Seattle and Los Angeles. Uh, there was a release today in the mainstream media, and it had to do with trillions of missing dollars from the Pentagon, and I'm sure you've seen that. And it's oh, come, yeah, I'll put it up. <laughs> it's come to me through one of my sources that this was a deliberate leak inside the Trump administration designed to draw attention to missing money and for someone to do a search for a hidden program that has massive funding. And when you look at $10 trillion, and that's now the amount I'm told that it is, when you look at this, what I have come to the conclusion of based on what I've been told, there's only two entities that could spend that kind of money off the books. And two, two reasons, two projects. One, a space-based application. In other words, the secret space program, which eats up enormous amounts of the black budget. And it has since the 1960s. Number two, the other aspect of it, and I, can't, and I can say it could either be an and or, or an either or, I'm not sure. But the other application is nuclear weapons, which are, of course, ungodly expensive. And it could be both. But what I'm getting is I was told what you've been told, but I wasn't given targets. In fact, I was given 11 targets, not two. And these targets are not necessarily external. North Korea could get the blame. And this could catapult us into World War III. But it may not be North Korea at all. It might only be made to look like North Korea. So Abs Absolutely. So in the course of my conversations I had with someone who claims to know a lot about it, and it's been my best source, he felt that this was an inside deep state job. This is the final breakup of the United States and the launching of us into World War III. That's his conclusion. And he said, if you want to know what it's going to look like, Dave, he said, go back and start watching select episodes of the old show Jericho. Now, I'm not a TV watcher. I'll occasionally get something on my radar from a, a viewer, and I'll go look at it because, oh, good Dave, it's good predictive programming. Colony is a good example of this. Um, there are a lot of shows out there right now. The Last Ship is another good example, I think, of predictive programming, and I've written about this. But there was a show that was mentioned to me that, quite frankly, I have never heard of until three days ago, and that show is called Jericho. And I know you've heard of it. We talked about it before going on air. But in Jericho, basically what I have discovered was North Korea and Iran got blamed for nuking the United States, and those two countries were eviscerated from the face of the earth. But it was designed to only cover up what really happened. It was the design breakup of the United States. And it was an inside job. Nuclear bombs were let off, not launched to the United States. And this is what I've been led to believe is a real possibility for within the deep state. They do not feel in the deep state, according to what I've been told, Paul, that they're going to be able to resist Trump for long. 
They feel the momentum change will be the people will begin to side with Trump even more. They'll grow impatient with Congress and people like Paul Ryan sabotaging Trump's programs. And they're going to take matters in their own hands, and they're going to do a complete changeover of the representative government. And the deep state can't allow that. So they feel it's time to act. Okay, let me throw it back to you. How does this compare to what you're told? Well, it fits perfectly. I mean, you and I have talked on another uh, podcast that, I mean, through all the, the, the prior to the election and all the, the gatherings and the thousands and thousands of people that came to see Trump, you know, we, we talked about, you know, Trump didn't just tip over the apple cart. He squashed all the apples, chopped up the apple cart, and then he lit it on fire. And, I mean, this is a 600-year-old regime, and they're just not going to walk off into the good night. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much with you on the predictive programming that they're telling us what's going to happen. And I think I posted it on revolutionradio.org yesterday, and you and I have talked about this before, is the, the, the credit markets are starting to break. And I put a little addendum on the story that when when the credit marks break, markets break, the trucking stops. And you know this is, a, you know what we're looking at is a multifaceted operation with what's called the deep state. Uh, the Dick Cheney called it the cabal back during the Bush, Bush administration. So I mean we got a lot of stuff coming at us and. And uh, people need to prepare for this. Food, guns, gold, ammo, water. Yeah. Alliances in their neighborhood. You're right. You're right, Paul. They need to prepare. But it's interesting that you're getting this information that we're going to get hit from your best source. My best source has kind of given me a 1A version, not an identical match. But So, in other words, what they're saying is that... <clears throat> Even though North Korea, I think in a lot of ways, is still inept, what if we set off? What if, what if the black part of our government set off nukes on our soil? I mean, you're going to be under instant martial law. And they're going to use that to form the North American Union. And this would be the scenario that they're talking about. And it's kind of uh, exemplified in this show, uh, Jericho, where I did watch this series a long time ago. I, I, I was aware of it. Oh, I don't know, years back. I think even before I moved up here to, to North Carolina, I probably watched it. Um, and it's basically about these types of nukes going off on our soil. I, I guess he said Iran and North Korea were blamed on it, and they weren't, they weren't even responsible, but they were annihilated anyway. And then all of the aftermath of that, and I believe the police state that kind of ensues... I'm a little sketchy. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It was on CBS, and actually, if if you're if you listen to this interview, you'll see the I don't know the placard for Jericho, their advertising thing. Um, so yeah, that I just feel like North North Korea is going to be implicated in this one way or another with the madman that Kim Jong Un is. Okay, just like his dad. They're a very, very easy fall guy 
for whatever the New World Order may try to implement. They could, they could just point to him and say, look, the guy's a madman. We didn't have control. Then you have the whole thing about those satellites going over America, those North Korean satellites that go over us twice a day. And what if they were to have a nuke? And then that would be where they wouldn't actually fire the nuke at a city. But if they went over the United States and impl implemented a nuke at a certain uh, level causing an EMP, frying all the electronics, that would almost be far worse than just one city being nuked. I don't want to compare the two, but, but if all the electronics in America were wiped out, or huge swaths, that would, do, um, that would kill far more people than nuking one or two cities because of the implications of what happens if you fry all of our electronics. So... I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. The end result is the same. And these two sources have been, let's put it this way. The one source I have kind of put my work front and center across the independent media with regard to Benghazi. Your source, in my opinion, has launched you into the center of a lot of shenanigans coming out of the deep state, particularly the military industrial complex and their ancillary agencies like FEMA and DHS. And so I don't think that both of these avenues of information can be wrong, not at the same time, not at the same time. And so you're right, people need to take defensive action. They need to prepare as if a war is coming. Uh, they need to be able to tape up their rooms to handle radiation drifts and clouds. If we get nuked, you got to worry about what's downwind. And see, to me, if Los Angeles gets nuked where I live, I'm in trouble because the radiation will make it here within three to four hours, and I'll have to learn how to tape up duct tape and so forth so the radiation will pass. And this is something that I have read about for years and years. And the ways of reference to there is like a safe room you would have in your house for that event, okay? And... Um, you know, taking the, the iodine. I guess uh, the health ranger, Mike Adams, now has one that he's going to be coming out with. I don't think he's actually got brought the product to market yet, but it's the one that eliminates like cesium-131, the radioactive version, which is also composed. Because, see, the iodine is only going to uh, protect you from the radioactive iodine in the air from, from a nuke. It's not going to protect you from the other forms of, of radiation that are out there. And so you've always heard of, okay, if, if, if you're in danger of a nuke, you know, you take the, the iodine, get it into the, um, get it, saturate the thyroid so that when the radioactive iodine comes, if you're exposed to any of that, it will not bind to the thyroid because the iodine has this huge affinity to go to the thyroid. 90, I know it's at least 90%, maybe 95 is of our iodine in our body is stored in our thyroid. Okay, so you have you take the potassium iodide tablets or whatever. I mean, the the there's a lot of different iodines out there. Um, and they would all be beneficial in that particular, you know, scenario. But there's other radiations as well. He's talking about a safe room, and if you're not sure about what that is, just key in on YouTube. Um, you know, how to prepare a safe room for nuclear fallout and so one nice thing is what we have right now is just about any question you may have, you can kind of go up to YouTube. You have to vet the information, obviously, but go up to YouTube and you can do.
do a keyword search and find out how to do that. You know, just so it's it's in your and there's a lot of manuals out there that you could buy as well. But I like to at least watch a short video on something so at least it's kind of in my mind. I've got a lot of these books and I've got a lot of things on DVDs that I haven't even been able to watch. But if the time ever comes, I have if I have a way to watch them because you know the EMP thing. Um, but print, if you have it in print, you can always access that regardless of if there's an EMP. So that's that's another thing to think about. And uh, I would recommend that people have a Geiger counter. They don't have one. They need to get one. Because I do believe what you're saying, Paul, but I, I haven't got the information at Seattle and L.A. I got the information generally it was multiple targets, as many as 11. So I don't know what's right on this. You could be right. My information that's more general could be right. But this is extremely serious. And we said it, Paul, before the election. If Trump wins... The deep state will not go down without a major fight. And this is what I think we're seeing. Do you not agree this is deep state oriented and it's anti-Trump? Oh, absolutely. I mean, these people have been ruling the planet for 600 years. You know, they're, they're not, they're not going to let some tycoon out of New York that won a very popular election just take over everything. There's no way. I mean, they don't care how many people they kill. Yeah, it's, you know, I never dreamed that we'd see things unfold as rapidly as we are after the election of Trump. I didn't have a Jubilee party when he was elected. I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. The Electoral College is going to pull something. They'll assassinate him in the interim period. I never got to really, it's kind of like celebrating a championship. I never got to, to have that moment. And... I knew things would be a quagmire in Congress. The health care bill was predictable. Uh, Ryan's participation in the demise of health care was predictable. But I never dreamed we'd be talking about the things we're talking about here tonight. And, of course, there are going to be people that use the brainwashed terms, conspiracy theorist, fear-mongering, you know, all these neuro-linguistic program trippers that come in the front because people don't want to deal with their cognitive dissonance. But I've said it, and I'm going to say it again. The deep state never had any intention of letting Trump's programs come to the forefront and for us to reestablish the rule of law in this country. Al Franken, who legislatively represents the dark side, the evil empire, if you will, he even said the other day, Paul, that, yeah, I swore to uphold the Constitution when he was asked about it, but I view the Constitution in a different light than many of you. In other words, selective enforcement. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, they, they, they've talked about it as the living document, which is absolute heresy. But, I mean... The next 30 to 60, I mean, the next 30 to 90 days could be very, very, very interesting. And I think, and I have I have no sources on this, but I, I think that the deep state has probably, they've got the computers, they They've got all the logistics and, and to see what, you know, moves people and all this other stuff. I think these nukes could be pre-planted. 
That's what my source is indicating. And when you go back to the TV show he referred me to that I, quite frankly, had never heard of, Jericho, that's actually what happened in the show. I've been going through and being under the weather sometimes has its advantages because I've had time to actually go through this show. And I've gone through a good part of the first two seasons. I haven't watched everything. I could care less about the silly storylines that come out of it. But I've been looking at what ended up happening, and it was an inside job. Uh, Twenty-some cities were taken down, all inside nuclear plants. But like I said, they blamed Iran and North Korea, and they wiped them off the map. And they wiped them off the map to try to cover the evidence. So this is very consistent. This is why I was pushed in this direction to look at this TV show, because they said this isn't identical to what we think is coming. But I was told this is representative of the origin of where it's coming from. So, of course, I, a lot of people are just going to say, we're not going to believe this. We're going to live our lives as normal. We're going to keep going on. But I don't know if you've noticed this or not. But there has been a resignation in Trump, and I don't think he's quitting because he's still doing things I like, like siding with the 9-11 victims to sue Saudi Arabia, story I ran yesterday on this. But yep. I, I have noticed with Trump, the fire and brimstone has toned down dramatically. He's not on Twitter the way he was. I wonder if he's not reacting to this information and I've been told this information is breaking across the board as we speak. In other words, he didn't get this any earlier than I did because of who's bringing out the information. And I'm not the only one getting this, by the way, with inside jobs. Um, and who are the delivery agents? God knows with open borders, we've let enough terrorists come through. Oh, I mean, my... You know, one of my better sources as a military contractor said, you know, talking about ISIS, it, he said they're like pennies; they're everywhere. So this is this is a this is a multi-pronged attack. It is. Well, Paul, I think we've kind of exhausted the warning here, and what I hope we can leave people with is prepare. And. Um, there are a whole bunch of people out there that offer preparation services, food, guns, gold, ammo, water, and alliances. And here at the Common Sense Show, we can help you with the food. And uh, we're certainly, and I talked to the owner, we're certainly going to keep that 5% uh, savings on for a while longer because we are, I think, in a critical time when people need to be prepared. Go to numana.com forward slash Hodges to look at what we've got. Coupon code is Hodges, N-O-V-5. And I'm not trying to make a cheap dollar here because I'm telling you, I don't offer all the services that I just mentioned. Steve Quayle has the gold. Um, you can certainly go to him because there's going to be a post-economy. And if you've got gold, you're going to be better off. And Steve's number, I'm doing this from memory, is 406-586-4842. You can play that back if you didn't catch it the first time. And I don't offer guns and ammo. And there are many reputable sources out there, but if you're not stocked, you need to do it. And it's not enough to have the guns. You have to get trained. And uh, you need to get shortwave radio systems uh, because that could be the only form of communication that's left when this is all over. And Bob Griswold has me convinced of that. And I think he meant to say ham radios because that's what we had talked about in a previous study with Bob Griswold. Um, 
he's super big on ham. You can't really communicate with shortwave. You, you can listen, you can receive information, but you can't actually communicate with someone else. Again, the ham thing is, you know, that's a that's quite an undertaking. Because, you know, to do it, you got to get licensed. You got to then you start to know people in your area. Then I mean, you I, I don't have that time to devote to it. You know, I, I'm one man band here, trying to man all aspects of the ministry. Basically, I'm talking day to day stuff, and I mean, just trying to keep up with all the the questions and the news coming in and things of this nature. So I understand that's not an option for everybody, but even if, man, if you had alliances, if one person had a ham radio and you had an alliance, let's say with them, that would be, you know, obviously a great thing to have because then your communication still wouldn't be actually cut off, you know? So just some things to think about there. Uh, I think, I think they pretty much said what, what needed to be said there. Let's go ahead and uh, let's continue on with this study here. Okay, so we got through that interview. Now, the next report is entitled, How North Korea Could Figure into World War III. Um, however, when World War III does break out, there may be no warnings in the news media. It will be sudden and swift. Okay, so... This is Cutting Edge's take, the, the ministry Cutting Edge. This is their take on this. This report is older, okay? And the reason that I accessed this report was particularly, there's one quote that I'm going to go over regarding North Korea. But this information that we're going to be covering is as true today as when it was written and how this could actually play out. So understand, this report is probably, oh man... Well, a lot of the stuff they're citing here is 2002. Uh, could be 15 years old. But it's just as pertinent today. And to me, it, it even gives it more um, credibility because it's still accurate, what we're talking about, or potentially very accurate. The media will do its usual job of building fear, hatred, anger, and then probably go dark for a while, meaning regarding leading up to World War III. In other words, these are things to look out for. It's suspected that a war will begin during one of those dormant dark periods where I guess the media is not saying a whole lot. Let us first examine the exact wording of the part of the Illuminati plan. Now, what does that also confirm? Well, there's, a, there's an aspect of the Illuminati regarding how they get us into compliance. Um, one of the terms is shock and awe, meaning they hit you with everything they got to traumatize you to the greatest extent possible so that you will be the most um, open to suggestion. <laughs> I guess that's a nice way of putting it. Regarding what they're going to tell you to do. Whether that's report to your local 501c3 congregational church for further orders where you'll be forced vaccinated most likely and put onto trucks or a rail car to go to the FEMA camp. I'm saying worst case scenario, but that's what those institutions, for the most part, will be doing, especially if they're part of the FEMA clergy response teams, which in there's thousands of those pastors, and you don't know if your pastor's on it because they will not tell you. They will not tell you. They're forbidden to tell you that. Um, there's a lot of different scenarios that, that they could broadcast. And if we've just underwent 
multiple traumatic events in a very short period of time and your adrenals are just shot. You're just in shock and awe. You're going to be much more suggestible to whatever they're telling you than if it was just, you know, let the good times roll and everything's fine and, and you know, nothing's wrong, obviously. And then all of a sudden it's, it's bad, but you haven't been so traumatized to it. Now, that also goes along with the 33rd degree model of the Freemasons, which is order out of chaos. They're going to create the chaos, and they're going to bring, in this case, the new world order out of the chaos. So, those are things to think about. Now, uh, let us first examine the exact wording of the part of the Illuminati plan, which reveals the Korean Peninsula portion of the Third World War. Now, remember, this was written like 15 years ago. There is a book by Peter Lemeshur known as the Armageddon Script, okay, which you may want to read just from the standpoint of predictive programming, what may end up be happening here. This is from page 223, and he says, A hair-raising nuclear confrontation in Korea may, towards the end of the period, threatens, threaten man's very survival. So this is something that, this is the Armageddon Script. Remember, this is the... This is the script that the New World Order has planned out for a long time. They've been getting everything set up in order to ultimately um, pull off this, this script that they've been carefully planning for decades and decades. Okay, so they're talking about a hair-raising nuclear confrontation in Korea towards the end of the period, okay, which is where we're at may threaten man's very survival. And then what do we see on the show Jericho that he just talked about? When North Korea, supposedly, even though it was a false flag, even though we did it to ourselves, or the dark side of our government did it in order to bring about, I'm sure, a North American super state. I'm sure having this as one of the ten regions, which the Bible talks about in like Daniel and, and Revelation and these things. Um... Ultimately, a new world order under Antichrist and the false prophet is what we're looking at here. This goes on to say, Please take a moment to read our article on the planned scenario for World War III to produce the Antichrist. And there's a little link here that you can click on. This was posted in October of 1996. So in a lot of ways, they were, they were way ahead of the game. You will discover that a planned World War III envisioned a three-war global scenario about which we wrote six years ago. And that was like 15 years ago, so it was a long, long time ago. If you go to our World War III page, at, and they give you a link here, you will discover that we have articles under each of the three wars. Now, I'm pretty sure, at least the last time I checked, they were a subscribed site, meaning if you wanted to access all of these older or uh, older articles, reports, you have it's like a subscription fee per year. It's not bad, though. The price isn't bad at all. Um, going forward, now let us examine this article on Clinton and Carter and their nefarious deal with North Korea. Because, see, you have to go back to, what is the source for all this thing with North Korea? What, how did they ever, how did this, these flailing madmen ever actually get this technology? Okay, and you could say, well, China, okay, yeah, okay, I'm sure. I think it's China and the United States, from what I can look at about this particular situation. We know the U.S. played a part, and that's what we're going to be covering right now. You will be shocked to see the author of this current Newsmax article describe the three world wars scenario. Now remember, we've already had two world wars. We're talking about Albert Pike's vision of, of the three world 
wars, okay? And we haven't had the Third World War yet, but it's absolutely integral to the Illuminati's plan in order to bring about the um, false Christ, the, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Okay, in order to bring us from the old world order into the new world order. It's going to take a World War III scenario. I, and I've said this over and over. Now, there's going to be a lot of aspects, a lot of moving parts to the World War III. North Korea is just one part. But it may be the triggering device, is what I'm saying. It may not be. A lot of people are saying it's Syria. Okay, Damascus. And I get that. Maybe it's that. Maybe a lot of these things are going to occur in concert. Meaning the whole shock and awe. I can't say 100% for sure, but I at least want you to be aware of, of potential scenarios that we may encounter. Uh, this is a news brief from October 19, 2002. Evidence, Clinton knew about North Korea's nuclear violations. Okay, and this is Bill Clinton. Uh, this is by Wes Vernon of Newsmax.com, October 19, 2002. First, and I'm just going to give you, this is just a, a little snippet of this cutting-edge article. Um, First, let us examine the article for its relevance in the Clinton-Carter nuclear program, quote, deal. When the Clinton administration announced the agreement in 1994, more than one person pointed out at the time that the assumption that the militant North Korean regime would abide by its terms was based on little more than blind faith. I mean, that'd be like saying, okay, Satan, we know that you're going to be a good boy, so we're going to give you this, all this stuff, and you go and you, you do good things with it, and we know we can trust you. Okay, it's ridiculous, in other words. In a statement issued Friday, David A. Keene, co-chairman of the Americans for Missile Defense, declared, quote, The North Koreans' persistent eschewing of weapons inspectors undoubtedly raised red, red flags. Well, that's exactly the thing Iran did. And who's the two that have we've given all this money to or help to, whether either openly or secretly, Iran and, at this time, we're going to see North Korea, and who are the ones in Jericho that supposedly nuke us? even though they didn't even nuke us, but they're blamed for it. Just an interesting parallel there. Uh, now they admit they have been secretly building a massive arms production program, meaning North Korea. Given their decades-long record of deceit, added Keen, it, is anyone surprised that they couldn't be trusted? Of course not. Given our understanding of the Illuminati and how they have expertly manipulated history since 1776, now, yes, it's the year the Declaration of Independence was signed, and that, was, that wasn't a bad thing, but what else also happened that year is that Adam Weishaupt started the Illuminati on May 1st. Not to say that that's when evil started, but they, form, they form, formalized things with this collective group known as the Illuminati, these families that control the earth in order for world domination and ultimately to bring about the Antichrist, the false prophet that the Bible talks about. Um, that was started in 1776. Okay, so, and May 1st, 1776 is Beltane. Beltane's coming up. It's also known as May Day. It's a very, very high satanic holiday typically requires human sacrifice, and this is why George Soros is planning that big, gigantic rally on May 1st of this year in order to, I think in Washington, D.C., in order to um, try to depose Trump or get him out of office or whatever. It's kind of hard to say exactly what, what they're going to try to pull off, but that's, you know, right now, less than a month away. So, um, these are satanic holidays on the calendar that 
let's say the body of Christ in general and all the churches and the people in there were actually praying prior to these holidays, I truly believe that it would it would be like throwing. I don't know if, if you view them as fires, all of the wickedness and evil that these witches and warlocks and these high-level occultists are trying to pull off on these satanic holidays or through these satanic holidays. If Christians were praying prior to these specifically against their wicked works, it would be like taking a fire hose to this fire. But it's it's not happening because most Christians don't even know about it. And a lot of Christians, if they looked at such a thing, they'd be either afraid or they'd say it isn't real or I don't want to bother, that's not my cup of tea or whatever. But we're called to be good soldiers for Christ. And because that prayer is not going up, to a large extent, and I'm not talking about my listeners, I'm talking about just like the body of Christ in general. I really believe that is a gigantic reason why things have been permitted to get worse and worse and worse and why evil to a large extent is getting worse and worse and worse. Now the Bible does say it's going to get that way, okay? But we are to always want to, you know, fight that evil, obviously. So going further here, it says that... Um, Given, I'm just going to start over here. Given our understanding of the Illuminati and how they have expertly manipulated history since 1776, we submit to you that neither Clinton nor Carter were under any illusions that North Korea would abide by any agreement. Obviously, they were not. Just like Iran. We have already proven, and then, you know, you give Iran, what was it, 150 billion or 500 billion, was it? Yeah. Pallets and pallets of money I saw. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, we have already proven the Illuminati created communism in order to fulfill their dialectic strat struggle on a global scale. The, the Hegelian dialectic, okay, where, you know, there's two problems and then you get the solution, which is what the Illuminati will provide you, okay? Um, communism provided the perfect enemy that would stage the confrontation with the West that would produce the Antichrist. This historic fact is the reason Albert Pike's guiding spirit foretold demonic guiding spirit foretold in 1870 that three world wars would be necessary to stage the antichrist now i've read that quote over and over again okay but again there's not a whole lot more from a new world order from an illuminati from a satanic standpoint that really needs to happen on that time scale in order to bring about antichrist and false prophet but that third world war they've even said it the Illuminati's even said it. Albert Pike was demon-possessed to the toenails. I mean, he's the highest-ranking, um, basically the highest-ranking Freemason of the whole 1800s. He's credited with literally resurrecting, resurrecting Freemasonry because Freemasonry in the earlier part of the 1800s had been kind of like found out. I don't know that, whether that was due to the prayer of the saints, God's mercy, I mean, probably a combination thereof of everything. But it had been exposed, and it was in decline. And he was the one that was single-handedly credited with resurrecting it. He was a um, Confederate war general, and he's the only Confederate war general with a statue of him inside the city limits of Washington, D.C. Now, why would you have a Confederate war general statue, I think it's even him on a horse, inside the city limits of Washington, D.C.? They, they only honor their own is the point here. I've said that over and over. They meaning like the Illuminati. 
He was the one that wrote Morals and Dogma, okay, which is like the Bible to the Freemasons. And there's an esoteric and there's an exoteric. The exoteric would be the one for like the broad masses of the Freemasons. But the ones that are Freemasons and they know about, let's say they're heavily involved in the occult. Even though Freemasonry is the occult, a lot of them at the lower levels don't under, understand what they're doing. Yes, they're, they're participating in an, an occult evil thing by being a Freemason. Yes, they're adopting demons with every degree they move up. But a lot of them aren't even aware of what they're doing, okay? Whereas the higher level Freemasons and the ones that go into Freemasonry who are already occultists know what's going on. And the exoteric version of Morals and Dogma explain all of that. And in the exoteric version, and Chick Track has a, has a quote straight from it where basically it says, we say to the masses that we worship the God, the one the world adores, meaning the God of the Bible. Meaning that's, if you go up to a average Freemason, he'll say, oh, well, do, you, do you believe in God? Do you work? Oh, yes, we believe in God, we worship God, and all this other stuff. But then he says, to you, sovereign grand inspectors of the 30th, 31st, 32nd, and 33rd degrees, which is obviously the higher degrees, we say to you that we worship Satan. No, I'm sorry, Lucifer. And then he goes on with some more rambling. So the God of Freemasonry is Lucifer. Okay, that's the same guy that had this vision about three world wars and was credited for the modern day resurrection of Freemasonry. Wicked, wicked, wicked devil of a person. But the historic fact is the reason Albert Pike's guiding spirit foretold in 1870 that three world wars would be necessary to stage the Antichrist. And that the primary aim of World War I was to overthrow the Tsarist government of Russia so it could be replaced with communism. So all this has been done by design. A Tsar is one thing, but communism is like a religious mindset. Communism is, is okay, you have a Tsar, okay, and they control everything, but it's not so much religious. Whereas communism is like there is no God, the state is God, and they want to get that ultimately worldwide. I mean, that's Nazism. Then you, you've you've got you know socialism and these types of things, which you know uh, one party could say, oh, well, we're we're Nazis and we're socialists, and then the communists could say, well, we're this, and then we can war or whatever. They're all godless. I mean, the God of the Bible has no part in any of those mega death cults essentially okay so and they're responsible for how many millions and millions of deaths so if the new world order can interject and bring in a religious component even though communism you could say is not religious it is because they don't even believe in god the state is god that in and of itself is a religion it's a religious belief system okay so they want to have that they want to have that godless mindset of the masses because that godless mindset will be very easy to manipulate. And they know that they're no real threat to the satanic kingdom. They're already part of it, essentially. So it goes on to say, Thus in 1994, President Clinton needed to provide North Korea with the reactors and the necessary components to produce the nuclear weapons they would use when World War III erupted. And this is why I said all this, where the rubber meets the road. Good old Bill Clinton... And Hitler, now Hitler obviously wasn't near as much of a factor back then, 
But she's at a higher witchcraft level, though, than Bill. She's at a higher... And they, there are many Secret Service reports I've seen where she got mad at Bill and would take him off in a room and beat the you-know-what out of him, basically. And he wouldn't fight back. Because she's at a higher level as far as a witchcraft um, ranking than he is. Okay, so... But in 1994... President Clinton needed to provide North Korea with the reactors and the necessary components to produce the nuclear weapons they would use when World War III erupted. But Clinton needed a cover so that when North Korea could do all this uh, developing without raising the ire of the Western world. Therefore, he sent former President Jimmy Carter to North Korea on a well-publicized trip to, quote, hammer out negotiations that would be presented to the world as having solved the crisis. The agreement was so transparent that anyone who knew communism knew the North Koreans would continue to develop nuclear weapons. Anyone who also knew the Illuminati knew that all the Illuminist stated goals are designed to achieve the very opposite of this rhetoric. Meaning they don't want world peace, they want World War III. To bring us into the new world order. Order out of chaos. North Korea's bold announcement that they had developed a nuclear weapons program is not a surprise to cutting edge. We predicted it back in 1994 after the deal was signed. So, all the stuff we're seeing today, I wanted to kind of give you some historical perspective on that this has been a long time coming. And that quote has always stuck in my mind about that Peter Lemeshaw Armageddon script hair-raising confrontation on the Korean Peninsula quote that I read. And that that could be the linchpin for all this stuff to start, for all the dominoes to start falling regarding... World War III. I'm going to go ahead and try to get all this into the first part here. I'm going to play this short clip here. Well, Trump has warned us that he's going to have... Now, this is entitled Very Dangerous Times, Trump and China. Now, also what just broke today is Trump, Trump is going to be meeting with, like, the president of China. Um, I guess this is, like, the number one report on Drudge right now. Yeah. President Xi... Set for Palm Beach, and Putin wants in to to um, this meeting with Trump that's coming up here. So I don't have a whole lot on that, but there's sure a lot about North Korea. Trump vows to stop North Korea. This is on the front of Drudge. A U.S. USA could act alone. I don't know whether he's wanting to meet with China, not with all. I mean, there's probably a myriad of reasons, but he's wanting, from what I can see and from the quotes I will read you, he's wanting. To have China step in, which is North Korea's probably biggest ally, and for China to maybe talk some sense into North Korea about not starting World War III, even though that's been part of the script, though, which, you know, he may or may not be aware of. I don't know. Um, so let's go back to this here. have to negotiate with China. And he's anticipating a very difficult negotiation, and I concur. There are many flashpoints with China that could lead to World War III. Among the first would be if China decides to go the way of 1920s and 30s Japan and basically spread imperialism to their neighbors to get the natural resources they need in order to fully industrialize. Well, China's in kind of a similar position with regard to certain raw materials 
and they could benefit if they could take over some of their neighbors. Number two, the South China Sea continues to be a point of contention between the two nations, actually many nations. Actually, it's the world versus China. China has tried to shut down the South China Sea to the free flow of traffic and trade, and they have even built militarized islands that would take the place of aircraft carriers in times of war. China is militarizing the region to a high degree, and they have issued warnings for the trading partners in that region. Australia, New Zealand, Malaysia, Vietnam, and so forth, to basically avoid the area altogether. This is a big, big point of contention. China is not going to be allowed by the rest of the world to occupy open and free waters. And number three, we have the sticking issue with Taiwan. Taiwan is not recognized as a country by China. They look at Taiwan rather as a renegade province that broke away from civil war. The actual civil war, though, came from the ruling party led by Mao Zedong that overthrew Chiang Kai-shek back in the late 1940s and established communist rule in China. So when we look at this situation, we're talking about Taiwan being the counter-revolution. So China's not exactly correct on this, and the people of Taiwan look at themselves as the remnants and descendants of the legitimate Chinese government. Well, China covets Taiwan. They're competing in trade, and it does hurt China economically. And it wouldn't take a lot for China to move on Taiwan. However, I believe that conflict would come as a result of a conflict started in another domain. And then finally, the last point of contention that Trump is going to have to worry about when he negotiates with the Chinese Communist Party is what's going on with Korea. South Korea now has been armed to the teeth, as has Japan. Why? Because the puppet state for China, North Korea, has also been armed to the teeth. And it's my belief, I don't have proof, but it's my belief that the nuclear capability that North Korea is bragging about, if it does exist, it didn't come from the North Koreans, it came from the Chinese. And we could see the flashpoint of war starting with the North decides one day to... But again, we know we've supplied them with this nuke. I mean, this is going back into the mid-90s, so I just read you that. And that's why, you know, yeah, China, but us as well, as far as supplying North Korea with these things. ...invade the South, and then China will wait, wait and see what the United States does, which would be to intervene in Korea and then China would move on Taiwan. And I firmly believe this is the most likely scenario. But we could see a shooting war in the South China Sea as well, too. Well, things are really messy. Donald Trump is correct. He's got a lot of work to do, and China is not in the mood to be reasonable because their economy is faltering, and their outlying provinces are unruly and very difficult to control. That's it for the Common Sense Show. Thanks so much for joining us. We're... Okay, so we have that, and I just wanted to kind of, you know, all these little bits and pieces of information kind of help form the whole narrative so you have a better perspective on things. And then the last part about this, and then we'll go to part two, uh, and this just, this is front page today, Donald Trump vows to solve North Korea, the solve North Korea problem as White House advisor warns Kim Jong-un could hit the U.S. with nukes by 2020. 
president says he will eradicate the nuclear threat posed by North Korea unless China is able to pressure the nation. So again, this is why I would think he would really want to try to meet with China, to pressure them to eradicate this North Korean nuclear threat. Because they're on much better terms, obviously, with North Korea than we are. Speaking from the Oval Office, in an interview with Financial Times, the U.S. president said, quote, well, if China is not going to solve North Korea, we will. That's all I am telling you, end of quote. U.S. President Donald Trump says he will eradicate the nuclear threat posed by North Korea with or without China's help. In a separate interview with the publication, Deputy White House National Security Advisor K.T. McFarland warned, quote, there is a real possibility that North Korea will be able to hit the U- U.S. with a nuclear arm missile by the end of the first term of Trump. The U.S. sees North Korea as its most pressing threat after former President Barack Obama warned Trump about the substantial advancements of Pyongyang has made with their nuclear weapons and long-range missiles. So, again, I wanted to have that out there uh, with the whole thing with North Korea. Just a lot of stuff to bear in mind regarding that whole subject. So, that's all we have for part one, and we will go to part two next. God bless you. Scott Johnson's 1,000-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.